Welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, we explore the intersection of creativity and spirituality and discover what lights up your creative soul. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. Happy 2024. It's our first official episode of 2024. And I'm actually recording this episode on New Year's Eve. So for me, as I'm recording this and sharing this, it is the last day of 2023. And I wanted to take today to do our annual recap of the year episode, which is just fun for me to not only record and to be able to process the year that we just had, but I love listening to other people's recaps of 2023. I find that when we share our specific experiences and share all of the things that we went through, it can really help us to reflect on our own experiences from the year and just learn from each other in that way. So I'm really excited to just dive in and process the year with you. And I want to kind of go month by month and just share the things that I remembered. This is a ritual that I do most New Year's, but I like to just write down each year and then write, you know, everything that I can remember that happened in January and Feb and March and then go throughout the year like that. And then if I don't remember, like there are certain months where I'm like, wait, what even happened that year? Then I can go into my camera roll and just kind of see some of the things that I did. And it's always just interesting doing this exercise because you realize that there's so much that happens in a year and even reflecting on like where I was at this time last year, I was in such a vastly different place. And so I'm really just grateful that I'm in a much better place because last year I was feeling so just like wanted to give up energy. Like it was just so much. 2022 was such a hard year. And 2023, I was just hoping was better. And in some ways, 2023 was way, way, way better. And also 2023 brought its own challenges. So 2023 was the year I got married. And I think that that means, you know, for the rest of my life, I'll really remember 2023 as a significant year. And my wedding was June 25th, 2023. So it was like the first six months of this year was so fully focused on the wedding and just everything that comes up within wedding planning. And not only externally, you're so busy with all of the aspects that go into wedding planning, but also internally, there's a lot of shifts and transformation that takes place. And I was telling Paxton, my husband this morning, that I was going to record this episode and I was having trouble like fully processing 2023. Like I like to sit down and write about what lessons did I learn from the year? Like what were the really big present themes? And I was just having trouble like fully processing it because there was just so much that happened that I felt like I just wanted to bury into the ground and let it go and release. So I actually decided that I want, after I record this episode, I'm going to go on a little walk in nature and find a little spot. And I have some rose petals that I saved from the bachelorette trip that I took in February pre the wedding. And I think I'm going to bury some of those rose petals and just do like a ritual release ceremony. Cause I feel like from this year, 
I just changed and evolved so much that like I want to just let the past die and return it back to the earth and not carry really anything forward with me. Like I really feel like I've stepped into this new version of self. And I also was telling Paxton that I feel like this is one of the years where a lot of stuff happened and I feel like I won't fully understand it or won't fully process it until like years later. And I think that that makes sense because I think it's true when you experience a big life changing event, such as a wedding, such as a birth, such as a death, like those big moments in life that really do change the trajectory of your life. And, you know, we go through these deep transitions, these deep portals of transition. I do think that sometimes it takes several years to really solidify like what it is that really changed. And, you know, you can always look back in retrospect. So I feel like, okay, it's okay that I don't have everything processed and don't have all the answers from this year of exactly what I learned and what I'm carrying with me. It's like, it's one of those things that will continue to unfold. And I am planning to share a wedding episode with you, like to share all about the ins and the outs of the wedding planning process and what came up for me, especially in those six months of 2023. And so maybe we'll touch on that in this episode, but I actually did record like a wedding recap episode just a few weeks after the wedding. And I just like, it's one of those things where when something isn't fully processed, it's not ready to be shared out into the world yet. So I have the episode, I have everything that I recorded, but I think I'm going to have to sit down at a later date and fully record it from a more processed place. And actually one of the projects that I want to do for 2024, which I feel like will help me process the wedding, is that I want to create a wedding scrapbook, like a DIY wedding scrapbook where I talk about all the details and put all the photos and save all the cards and the letters that we got and really create it as like an ancestral uh, an ancestral gift to my future children, to my future grandchildren and to my future great-grandchildren. Like I'm literally creating it with the intention of this is something that is going to last for generations and I would love for my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren to see this wedding book because I actually was able to see my grandmother's wedding photo album from when she married my grandfather in 1948 and it was so incredibly special to just see those photos and to see her getting married and to see you know the people that were her bridesmaids the people that were important to her and to see pictures of her sister and her family like it was such a ancestral gift. So I want to continue to pass that on to the next generations. So with all that being said, let's dive in to where I was at this time last year. And like I said, I was going through so much like inner strife related to the wedding. Even this time last year, I was having a lot of dreams. I had this like very significant dream back in like, I think it was December 31st, 2022. So right before 2023, I had this dream that my family like shot me in the woods. <laughs> like I was having really intense dreams of my family killing me, of people chasing and killing me. And in dream, dream interpretation, I can kind of interpret that as my old self dying, you know, 
when you're getting married, you are leaving your family of origin and creating a new family. And so I think, especially for me, a lot came up surrounding my family of origin and just my place in the family, my role in the family, everything that happened to me throughout my life, which has been a big theme of 2022 and 2023, and really processing some really, really deep trauma. And that has been like the main focus of 2022 and 2023. And I think the wedding was magnifying that times a hundred because not only are you processing all of this stuff from the past but you're also with the wedding there is a lot that comes up with family relationships with examining your relationship to your parents and to the people that you love and care about the most and the people that are most special to you so it brings up a lot and so for me I felt like it was just one thing on top of the other And it was just really intense. So I remember January last year, I was in a really bad place because 2022, like I mentioned, was really hard. And then on my birthday in 2022, when I turned 28, we found out that Paxton had melanoma. He had discovered a a mole on the top of his head that he got looked at and it was stage one melanoma. So he had to get surgery to cut that out. So January, we were like trying to figure out, you know, where he could get it cut out, like figuring out health insurance and stuff. And so he did end up getting it cut out and he's totally fine now. But that like was just another added stress and all the stress of things. And I remember January, I was also planning my bachelorette party. We went to Mexico in February of 2023 and I was the one who planned it. And it was kind of one of those things where I knew I I knew exactly what I wanted to do for my bachelorette. And so like, I didn't really ask anyone to help me with the planning and I did I did ask a couple friends to help me with like a couple things but it just felt like okay I have to plan this wedding I have to research all the vendors I have to make deposits for all the vendors I have to like get everything ready for the wedding in June but also I have this bachelorette in February and I was really glad that I did space it out where my bachelorette was four months before the actual wedding which I think was really helpful for me because you know I was asking people to travel to Mexico for the bachelorette and then people all traveled to Michigan for the wedding so it felt like okay that was a good amount of time to space it out so people aren't you know traveling and having to take off work all really close together. So January was just winter in Michigan, and I remember my my word for the year for 2023, I had three words. They were nourishment, support, and magnetic. And I think I'm still working on the magnetism piece, but I do feel like I was able to nourish me myself this year. And a big part of that and and what I was doing during winter was making a lot of bone broths. I was getting local bones from a local butcher in Michigan and making a lot of bone broths and adding a lot of herbs to the bone broths to really heighten the benefits. So doing some nettle and ginger and fennel seed and lemon balm, um, Tulsi. Uh, yeah, it was really fun to you know, continue my passion for herbalism and using herbs in the kitchen and making these big batches of bone broth that then you can just drink as a nice snack. And it also has a lot of protein in it from the bones, but then also you can make rices with it. You can add it to soups and stews. And so bone broth was a big part of January. And that was a way I was really able to nourish and support myself. And as far as like support, I think that especially during the wedding planning process, it was really challenging to like navigate how much support I needed and how to identify exactly what kind of support I needed because a lot of the times it was like well I don't exactly know what I need to ask for but I just know that I need help I know that I need support and so 
I shared it with my friends. I feel like I got a lot of support from my female friendships this year, which was such a huge blessing. I I don't know how I would have gotten through the wedding planning process or through this year or through the last couple of years without my female friendships, but that's something that I'm really proud of and really want to celebrate this year because it was actually in the beginning of 2022 that I decided that like I I didn't know what I wanted like my career just felt like at a standstill. I was feeling really lost with work. I was feeling really lost with like, you know, how I want to pursue my passion and my purpose. And I was like, you know, and I had always been so focused on career. And I was like, you know what, for this year, like I really just want to focus on my relationships and focus on my connections and deepen my connections with people. And I feel like I really did that in 2022. And in 2023, it was, yeah, just really beautiful to see how that all unfolded because there were some really special gatherings that I got to do with friends and just feel so lit up and inspired and supported by friends. So yeah, nourishment, support, and magnetic. And magnetic magnetic to me is like that feeling of not chasing, but attracting. And I still feel like I'm learning that. I still feel like I'm learning really how to slow down, not chase. And I think I am doing a good job with that, but we'll see. I think, I think that will be more of 2024. And I don't know yet my word of 2024, but maybe in this processing, we'll get, we'll get to our word. So yeah, January, 2023, It was really, I just remember being stressed and crying a lot and my heart was hurting and it was just like in, in grief. (laughs) And then in February of 2023, I traveled to New York for one of my good friend's weddings. Her name is Erin and she's just a beautiful person. And I got to see her marry her dream man. And I got to spend the weekend with some of my best friends, Ashley and Shannon and Jess. And it was just such a fulfilling weekend of love. And especially like, as I was preparing for my wedding, just getting to go to a wedding and experience how they did things. And yeah, it was just, I'm, Like I honestly, up until um, the end of 2022, I had never been to like any weddings besides my sisters. Only two of my sisters had weddings. So I've been to theirs, but their weddings were like very small family only. And so they were really, really small, intimate weddings. And so I had never been to like a real wedding, but then I went to three weddings in like the six months leading up to my wedding. So I felt like that was really appropriate for me to just be able to see like, okay, how do people do things? Cause yeah, if you haven't been to weddings and then you're like planning your own wedding, you're kind of like, well, there's so many different opportunities and options of, and possibilities of what you can do to create your dream day. But it's like hard to do that when you don't have any examples. So I was really glad that I was able to go to some weddings before my own. So yeah, we had a beautiful weekend in New York City in the winter. I remember one of the days we went to Springbone Kitchen, which is a really amazing shop in New York City that sells bone broth. So I was very much on the bone broth game this year. And we also went to the spa and we just had some really fun girls time. And then I remember after that, I stayed like in New York that the rest of that week because I stayed with my sister and my brother showed up and that was just a weird time because I caught norovirus norovirus was going on around the city during that time and like my nephews had it and norovirus is like where you just are throwing up all the time and I didn't actually throw up but I felt super super sick and I had a friend who I had like been spending time with and she got super sick and was like projectile vomiting in her car so that was a bit of chaotic moment of February. <laughs> and then also like February is the month that I had the bachelorette and that was at the end of February. So I remember like in the beginning of February, I was in New York 
celebrating this wedding. Then I got really sick with this norovirus. And then like I was preparing for the bachelorette and getting all the last minute things together and putting together the little gift bags for my girls, which I really loved doing. I think I talked about this in the bachelorette episode, but I made them bags of custom made tea. I made them like a Tulum love tea that had some hibiscus and rose and peppermint in it. And then I made them friendship bracelets. Yeah, so then I remember actually, this is like an interesting note, but I remember I was supposed to fly for the bachelorette. We were all flying to Mexico and I had booked a flight out of San Diego so that I could fly with some of my friends. So I was going to fly to San Diego and then spend a couple days in San Diego with just visiting some friends because I have a lot of friends that live there. And then we were going to all fly out out of Tijuana together because there's like a an airport that connects from San Diego to Mexico and it's a lot cheaper to fly like in and out of Mexico. So we were going to do that. But then I remember like the week of my bachelorette, I was like, I need all the time in the world to prepare myself to have this weekend to be rested to feel supported to feel like I'm at my best self. And so I remember I canceled my flight to San Diego and like can't like I had booked all these flights of like the, the flight to San Diego, the flight to from Mexico to, you know, to Tulum. And I remember I was just like, I just need more time on my own. And for like this, even as I'm talking about it, it seems like such an insignificant detail. But it was really, it was a really interesting turning point for me. Because I think in the past, like I would have been like, no, I booked a flight, like, I'm not going to let that money go to waste. I'll just do it, do whatever I need to do to to do it. And even even if I'm not feeling my best, it's okay. Like, and just kind of yeah, like not prioritizing myself. And I had this moment where I was in the bath and I was like, Leia, like you're about to go on your bachelorette where, you know, it's going to be you and nine other women and all the focus is going to be on you. And like, you need to make sure that you do what you need to do to feel really rested and supported. And the best way that I would do that is if I cancel all that extra travel and just fly directly from Michigan so that I just go to the airport and fly directly to Mexico. And and that's that. And so that's what I ended up doing. And again, it just feels like such an insignificant thing, but it was such a significant like turning moment of internally recognizing that I am worthy of feeling good and I'm worthy of doing what I need to do to support myself, even if it's going to let other people down because I had had plans with some friends to meet up and we were really looking forward to it. And I also like, you know, had booked my flight with some of the other girls and we were all going to travel together, but I ended up just canceling all of that and booking my own flight out of Michigan. And that was truly the best choice for me. So I think that was a really good lesson in just like honoring myself and and honoring how I'm going to show up for myself in this next chapter. Like, you know, that transition from maid into bride is really a huge transition. And I think it's one that's really not talked about enough. I think we talk about the transition from maid into mother a lot, but maid into bride is like that halfway step between maid into mother. And it is a really important one. And there is a lot that comes up. And I find that in our over culture, we really don't focus on the internal transformation that the woman is making when she becomes a bride and when she is leaving her family of origin we really focus on more of the celebratory aspects of the drinks and the the decorations and all that so I know I feel like I've talked about that on this podcast before but that was really something that was clear to me during this wedding planning process that for me it was such an internal deep spiritual experience 
and a really challenging one at that. And I didn't see anyone talking about that in the culture, except for this one book that I read after the wedding. And I'm really glad that I read it after the wedding because I think that I was just too in my own stuff to really see it before the wedding. But I read The Conscious Bride by Cheryl Paul. And she's also the author of The Wisdom of Anxiety. And she it's an amazing book. And like it made all of my experiences made sense. So I'll definitely put those books in the show notes because those were some really potent books and lessons of 2023. But anyways, then I went on my bachelorette in February and it was amazing. It was one of those things where I had put so much intention and planning into it and had crafted like the perfect retreat schedule. But then when you go on a trip like that, especially like you're traveling outside of the country, you're traveling with all these different people I feel like there is this element of surrender because you never know how it's actually going to play out and will your intentions come to fruition or will something go wrong? And so I had a lot of fears around like, you know, being prepared for the worst, being prepared for something to go wrong, you know, maybe worrying about some people not being able to show up last minute. And I remember when I was flying, it was a big snowstorm. There was like this big snow ice storm, you know, February in Michigan, it's winter time. And I was so worried that my flight would be canceled. And then if my flight was canceled, how would I get to Mexico? And I went to the Detroit airport and my flight was still, you know, ready. And I went like, I came like four hours before because I was like, maybe I could try to get on an earlier flight because I realized that when I got to the airport, all of the afternoon flights, like everywhere were canceled because there was like this really serious ice storm. And I was like so worried that I was going to be at the airport and my flight would be canceled because literally every single flight after that was canceled. But it wasn't canceled and I was able to go on the trip. And yeah, I just had those fears come up of just like, you have to surrender of like, you don't know what's going to happen. But everything flowed in the best way possible. And everything just, yeah, everything worked out. And it was so beautiful to see friends from so many different chapters of my life get to meet each other and get to hang out and get to build their own connections. And there was this one moment at the end of The Bachelorette where we were all like, we had all, you know, we had all like stayed up talking and it was like nearing the end of the night and people were needing to go to bed because we had to travel early the next morning. And it was just like no one wanted to go to bed because we were having so much fun talking. And at one point, like people were like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed. But then we all ended up in the, in the living room of this beautiful Airbnb that we stayed at in Tulum. And it was just like all nine of us just sitting there talking, chatting. And we kept calling ourselves like a harem of women. And it just really solidified my feeling that whenever I'm with a group of women, I feel like my best self. Like I love being with women. Women are so freaking magical and just being with all of these people that are so important to me and getting them, you know, getting to see them make their own connections was truly magical. So we, yeah, we really enjoyed The Bachelorette. And then after The Bachelorette, I remember I got sick again and like some people from The Bachelorette got sick and there was just a lot of sickness growing around. I feel like that it's that time of year where people are really sick. So And then in March, I actually had one of my other best friends bachelorette parties in Nashville. So this year was totally the year of the bachelorettes and the wedding. Because like I said before, I've never been to a bachelorette. I've never been to a wedding before, but this was the first year where it all was just happening. So one of my oldest childhood friends was also getting married this year in May, and I was one of her bridesmaids. So I got to go to her bachelorette in Nashville, and it was my first time in Nashville, and we had a lot of fun. Um, 
But I remember also like during this time and honestly, the six months before the wedding, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks and I was having pretty frequent panic attacks. And the only other time that I've experienced panic attacks in my life was my senior year of college. So now I can really connect that like, you know, whenever I'm experiencing panic attacks, it is around a time that I am experiencing great transition and I feel like my body and mind and soul like haven't fully caught up to the newness of the next chapter. And so I feel like when I'm in that period of like really intense transition, my first one was senior year of college and graduating college and entering the real world, quote unquote, and entering kind of like the adult self for the first time since, you know, you turn, you become an adult when you turn 18, but then you aren't really an adult until you graduate college because then you just go to college and you're in school and it's not really like the real world. So I was experiencing panic attacks for the first time as a senior in college. And then for the first six months of this year, I was experiencing panic attacks. And after the wedding, it's gotten all better and I haven't been experiencing it now, but it is really scary when you're experiencing it because for me, I experienced panic attacks very physically. I have very like psychosomatic symptoms and it can kind of just happen out of the blue. It's like, I'll be feeling totally fine. And then suddenly I feel very out of it and very not fine. So I was really worried for the bachelorette in Mexico, you know, to feel panic attacks. And I did end up having a panic attack one of the last nights of the bachelorette, but I was able to ask for support and let my friends know what I was experiencing. And then they all really supported me through it. So I guess that is a way that I fulfilled that support word for 2023, where I felt like, you know, part of what makes the panic attack so scary for me is that like, I didn't want anyone to know what was happening or anyone to know that like, something's wrong with me because then I don't want that attention of people being like, are you okay? Are you okay? But this year I really learned of like, no, let me just tell people what's going on so that they are aware. And so that if I'm feeling a certain way or need to get up and leave or whatever it is, like people know what's happening. So that was really helpful and actually helped me move through that panic attack when I had it during my bachelorette. And then even at my friend's bachelorette and also like with the panic attacks, I was, it was happening in social situations more I think because when I was home alone with Paxton, I felt like I was in my safe space. But then when I was out in the world and it's like, you don't know where you're going to be or who you're going to be with or what energies you're going to come across, like that would really exacerbate the symptoms. So I remember at that bachelorette in Nashville, I was dealing with some panic attack feelings, but like still wanted to put on a brave face for my friend. And it ended up being not that bad. But one thing that I did do, because another thing that I was worried about this bachelorette experience is that a lot of bachelorettes are really focused on drinking and like being drunk the entire time and practically just partying, which for me doesn't really connect with me. I don't drink alcohol and I, I never like I just my body does not like alcohol, so I can't really drink alcohol. And so, and I don't like, you know, it's hard when you're around people who are drinking, but you're not drinking. And so I was just worried because for that bachelorette, like a lot of the activities were planned around drinking. Like the itinerary was basically like, go to this bar and drink, go to this bar and drink, go to this bar and drink, and then go to this dinner and drink. (laughs) So I was worried about that. But of course I wanted to show up for my friend. And one thing that I did do, which like, again, this is like a little moment that feels very insignificant. But it was a big turning moment for me of like, oh, wait, I can do that. So I remember like after, you know, drinking all day, after all of our day drinking activities, then the night activities are more drinking and going out to drink. And I really didn't feel like I was in the place to like go out to a bar or a club at night and be around people and be drinking 
not only because I wasn't drinking, but also because of my anxiety. And like, I wanted to make sure that I was getting good sleep. And so I was really feeling like, oh, I don't want to go out with them. But when you're on a bachelorette, it feels like you kind of have to do things with the group. But there was one girl who was like, I'm not going to go out. Like, I'm just going to go back home. And I was like, wait, we can do that? And so I was like, wait, I'm not going to go out. I'm just going to go back home. And so I ended up like all three nights, I think they went out and drank at night. But I did not. I stayed at home and like I felt almost guilty for being like, wait, I'm allowed to just like choose what's best for me in this moment because of course I had those fears of disappointing my friend because it was her bachelorette and I wanted her to feel supported and loved but I realized that there's just different ways to show your support and love and if something's really not in alignment with you then you don't have to participate and I think that was just yeah a big lesson for me because I think I was just really used to doing you know, going with the flow. Like I'm always, I was always like known as this person that's really easygoing and goes with the flow because I just did whatever everyone else wanted to do. And of course that comes from the conditioning of my childhood and, and, you know, even in society, us not learning how to really honor our own needs and to say no and just to honor really what we need. So that was a big like learning moment for me of like, oh, I can say no and I can, you know, still do what's best for me. So that was a big part of March. And then I remember like March, at the end of March, I went to Virginia. Yeah, Virginia and DC because it was my grandmother's 98th birthday. And so I went to go visit her. And I remember like I was around family and that brought up a lot of stuff surrounding the wedding in my in my wedding planning process there was a lot of drama surrounding how I did my bachelorette because my sisters were my bridesmaids because I have five sisters but then I wanted to do the bachelorette trip with my friends I wanted to you know go on this Mexico trip with my friends but that caused a lot of drama in my family from my sisters being upset that they weren't invited to my grandmother even being involved at age 98 and saying like, well, we need to do something really nice for them so that they don't feel left out. When I've, yeah, I reflected a lot on this, but I think that is a big pain point for me for the wedding that like this, just things, you know, things happened, drama happened. And yeah, I think as the bride, it's like you're choosing your bridesmaids so that they can stand next to you during the day so that they can honor you in the way that, you know, however they honor you. So there was a lot of stuff there that I don't even want to get fully into on this podcast because you never know who will listen. And yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. But there was just a lot of drama. It it even involved my grandma, my aunt and uncle. So I remember during that time, it was like very fraught with that, with the, the drama of the wedding, which I think when you're getting married, there will always be some sort of drama. (laughs) And I think the more that we can just expect that and accept that, then the easier it is to navigate and move through. But so I remember I went to Virginia and DC to visit my grandma for her birthday. I got to see some family photos. And I think at this time too, I was really interested more in like ancestral work and diving into the ancestries, you know, my ancestral history. And my aunt and uncle have a lot of genealogy books at their house. So I was able to really dive into some of that. And that was like beginning to spark some really cool ancestral connections. And then in April, I like, I could barely remember what happened in April because April was just like, final wedding planning month. It was like two months before the wedding. I remember I reread Harry Potter this year, like amidst all the craziness of the wedding planning, because I just needed something to 
take my mind off of the wedding and just relax and ground. And Harry Potter is a book that has been so special to me throughout my life. I started reading it when I was age four, and I've probably read each book about 10 times, but I have not reread the series since I was like maybe 10 or 12. So this year I reread the Harry Potter series, and it was just as magical as I remembered, and it just really reconnected me to my childlike sense of joy, and it was just the perfect antidote to all the stress of the wedding. So I remember I was reading Harry Potter. I know Paxton and I, you know, where we live in Michigan, we're, we live like two hours away from where we had the, the wedding, which we had the wedding near Lake Michigan in a town called St. Joseph. But then we were also like, in order to get all the different things, like the final dress fittings, the rings, and like all the stuff that you need to do, we had to drive to the city and we live like an hour and a half outside of the city. So I remember April and May, I was driving back and forth an hour and a half, you know, one way, you know, most Fridays. And so I just remember it was like very stressful keeping up with work and with wedding planning and having to take all this time off, you know, to, in order to prepare for the wedding. But then also knowing that I was taking two weeks off for the wedding. So just things with work were a little crazy. And so, yeah, that was pretty much April. And then in May, May was the same thing. May was just like major wedding planning stuff. I remember we visited our venue. We had like a walkthrough of the venue. So I was able to really imagine the space and imagine all of the creative things that I wanted to do with the space. And, you know, we didn't have a wedding planner or a wedding day of coordinator. So a lot of that stuff fell on either me or on the day of the wedding. It fell on family members and Paxton that helped out with all of like putting stuff together. So yeah, it was just a big team effort and just took a lot of work. So May was totally all that. And I remember I even had my hair and makeup trial in May, which brought up a lot of feelings for me. That was a really hard time. And I think it just, it's one of those things where like, it's not about, it's not about what it's about. It's more about the deeper things that, you know, that's kind of what I'm talking about when I'm saying like, these transitions just bring everything up. And because there's so many details with the wedding, it's just like little things can bring up little things. So I had my hair and makeup trial in May. And I remember after I came home from the hair and makeup trial where I had to drive like two hours to do it, it was like, I was bawling in the car. Like I didn't like the way that they did my hair and makeup, but I also didn't know what exactly to ask for. I didn't know what I wanted. Like I just, it was, I was having a hard time articulating what it is that I wanted and I didn't have a clear vision of how I wanted to look for my wedding day and it just like it just, it just brought up a lot of stuff for me around being seen and people seeing me and me being up there and everyone I love looking at me and like it just I had one of those like bridal freakouts that I'm sure if you are a bride or if you've been a bride, then you know exactly what I'm talking about because there are just certain points of the wedding planning process and maybe even the wedding day where you're bound to have some sort of freak out and you are totally entitled to that. You're not a bridezilla if you have a freak out. Also, I have such a freaking, uh, it, it boils my blood when I think about the word bridezilla because it, it's, no, like, I'm sorry. Like, oh, you get called a bridezilla because you're a woman who knows what you want. Like, no, take bridezilla out of your vocabulary because after being a bride, it's, it, there's just so much pressure on you for everything. And you are entitled to a little freak out and that's okay. You have emotions. So 
that's a little known bridezilla. But yeah, I just remember May was like really hard, still preparing for the wedding. And then at the end of May for Memorial Day weekend, my best friend got married. And that was a beautiful weekend. Paxton and I traveled to Philadelphia for her wedding. And we stayed at this Airbnb with this like eccentric old lady. She was like this 80-year-old woman who was from Switzerland. And she had this like beautiful Victorian home with all of these photographs and pictures from all of her travels like she was like this single lady living her best life and her and Paxton like really connected and it was just fun staying with her and exploring Philadelphia a little bit and getting to of course be a bridesmaid at my best friend's wedding which was so special and again it was really beautiful for me to just like attend a wedding before it was like a month before my wedding and just to feel like okay, like I can do this. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. And of course it is a big deal, but it's also like I can kind of take the pressure off myself a little bit. So that was really helpful. And it was just a beautiful time because one of the other bridesmaids in my best friend's wedding, we've known each other since we were like 10 and she also got married this year. So like she got married early May, my best friend got married late May, and then I got married late June. So it was like all three of us were getting married at the same time. So that was really nice to just have that connection point of like, you know, someone else who's going through it because yeah, I I truly didn't know what it was until I went through it. So it's interesting, like talking to my friends who haven't gone through this process because I had no idea and I wouldn't have known like what a big deal it is or just what that what you go through as a bride. So I was really grateful that I had people to support me like that. And then I also had one of my friends who got married a few years ago, who was really a big help in talking through things and just making me feel so much better about the process. So highly, highly, highly recommend that if you are a bride that you have that support system around you because that's what it's all about and you need it. So yeah, May was really nice. And then June... June was our wedding month. And so this whole month was focused around the wedding. And I remember it was just like, it was so hard. Like I, I I hope that I'm not annoying of like saying how hard it was because I feel like so many people are like, oh, the wedding is the best time of your life and you should be so grateful for this experience. And although I do feel gratitude, it was really, really challenging. Cause I remember even like the weeks leading up to the wedding, I was super stressed because at work I was taking two weeks off and I I run payroll for this big theater company in New York and we didn't have anyone to like run payroll for when I was going to be out celebrating my wedding and going on my honeymoon. So I remember the month of June, I had to train someone else to like do my entire job. So not only did I have to spend like all my time at work training this person, I also had to deal with all my other work responsibilities while also like dealing with so many things for the wedding. And I remember our living room was like covered in boxes because we were bringing everything to the venue. And I spent like two weeks in June dehydrating oranges because I had this brilliant idea that I got from a Pinterest board of like the place settings being these little dried oranges with people's names uh, on it. And I made all of those myself. And so I was buying oranges, oranges from the store and dehydrating these oranges in my oven for like four hours, hours at a time. And I could only do like 12 or whatever at a time. Cause I only have one tray. It was just like a whole thing where <laughs> every day I was like doing wedding crafts. I was making for our, for like the table seating chart. I did this, I got this herbal oracle deck that I had and I painted everyone's names on the back of it. 
because I wanted everyone to have their own like special spirit herb when they were sitting down. So like I made all of those. Um, We had the botanical bar at the wedding where I made my own herbal tea and like we kind of made it like a DIY mocktail station where you like fill up your cup with this herbal tea that I crafted and then fill it with lavender syrup that I made. So it was like very just homemade and very intentional and very creative, but took a lot of work. So I remember I was doing all that. I also, for my siblings, we had always talked about how we wanted like shirts, (laughs) like shirts with our names on it because there's eight of us and, you know, we just like thought it was fun. So I created this sweatshirt that had this infinity sign on the front of it, which the infinity sign represents the eight because there's eight eight children in my family. And then on the back of it, I had Van Doren and then their number. So like my oldest sister had number one, the number two, number three, and so forth. So I gave them that as gifts. So it's like I was preparing like the gifts for my family and all the last minute stuff and printing out all the signs. And it's just so much. I remember I also was going to like all these thrift stores to get vases for the tables like we were we bought these flowers from an organic farm and my brother-in-law is a florist he used to own like a flower shop and do flowers for events so he was like our florist we bought the flowers but then we needed to like purchase the vases and he was going to do the flower design so yeah I just had this vision for the tables where like I had these long tables that we put this like pink chiffon on it and then we had all these like eccentric antique vases they were all like different sizes different types that we put like single stem flowers in or a bunch of flowers in and then we also had local strawberries we went to like a farmer's market the day before the wedding and we got this like huge thing of local strawberries so that the strawberries were like part of the table decoration, but also you could snack on it because I wanted to incorporate a lot of like local elements to the wedding and really honor the land that we were in. So it was really fun to have these like local organic farmer's market strawberries on the tables, these local flowers and really, really beautiful. But it took a lot of work and, and planning. So yeah, I was like going to the thrift stores. I remember I was like going to Walmart a lot to get all these crafting supplies for everything I needed to make my oranges and It was just a lot, (laughs) but I remember my wedding week, I had a beautiful day to myself. Like I I set aside a day during the wedding week to honor my maiden and to really have a day to myself where I really honor the transition that I was going through. So I had this maiden day where I went to the lake and I read and I swam and I just really honored myself. And it was a really, that's a really beautiful, special memory from that wedding week. And then of course the wedding happened. We drove to Lake Michigan and And all of our friends and family came from all over the country and some came from all over the world to celebrate with us in Michigan. And it was a beautiful weekend. And I hope that I get to tell you more about the wedding in another episode. But yeah, it was really beautiful. And and another thing that like was so stressful with the wedding is the weather because we had an outdoor wedding and... It, the rain the forecast was set that it was supposed to like thunderstorm and rain that day but like you know you can't control the weather like you can't there are these things during something when you're like planning something that's really important to you there's so many aspects that are out of your control and so a big a big lesson is to surrender and let it go but I was in this like state of frenzy of like okay I just spent the last year and a half planning this thing I've spent all my money on it like I felt so unsupported throughout the process working through past feelings of not feeling supported and like 
just feeling like, oh my gosh, like I could put all of this work and this vision and intention into this beautiful event and then something like the weather could ruin it. Like I was like, no, that's not happening. And of course, the day of the wedding, as we were driving to the venue, there was like storm clouds above. When I got to the venue, it started storming. So like we had put stuff out outside. We had like this these flower petals for a petal toss during the ceremony that like got completely soaked. So there was like this torrential rain downpour that happened like 30 minutes before the ceremony. So we were like, okay, like we don't know until the very last minute if we have to move the ceremony indoors. And the way that the venue did it is like the ceremony was outdoors, but the reception was indoors. And if it's raining, then they just move the ceremony indoors, like in the reception and people just like sit at their tables and watch that way. And it just like, it would have been so not what I had imagined. And like I had picked this venue specifically for the way that the outdoor ceremony space looked. So of course, anytime you're picking an outdoor space, like you are running that risk with the weather. But I remember 30 minutes before the ceremony, it was downpouring We didn't know if we had to move it inside. And then like 10 minutes before the ceremony, it all cleared and we were able, they had to like wipe off all the seats because they were all wet. The flower petals were soaking and like just a disaster. But I ended up walking down the aisle in the sunshine and it was perfect weather. And it was actually amazing because our cocktail hour was also outside. And that at that time we also did photos together. So like We had the cocktail hour, we did all the photos. I remember I wanted to do a a group photo of everyone that was at the wedding. So we had to gather everyone and like take this big group photo outside. And then we all went inside for the reception. And as soon as Paxton and I, like everyone went inside for the reception and then Paxton and I had to go around the back because we were like doing our special bridal and groom entrance. And so as soon as we walked into the area, like walked indoors, it started pouring again. So that was like a wedding miracle, wedding magic, where the weather cooperated with us perfectly so that when we needed to be outside, it was not raining. And when we needed to be inside, it was pouring rain. So that was really just crazy. One of like the wedding, wedding magic moments that I'll remember forever. But yeah, we had the wedding and it was just beautiful. And then in July, we went to Mexico for our honeymoon. And even like the honeymoon was like just, it just felt like the whole first six months of this year was so chaotic. And Paxton's mom gifted us our honeymoon, which was so generous. And originally we were supposed to go to Cabo and I've never been to Cabo and I've been to like Tulum, Cancun area a bunch of times, but I've never been to Cabo. So I was excited about exploring a different part of Mexico because I love Mexico. Mexico is, I think, one of my favorite countries I've ever been to. But then like two weeks before we were supposed to go on our honeymoon, they like something happened with the hotel where like they weren't able to have beach access or like something happened with their sewers, but something happened. And then Paxson's mom decided to change us to a different hotel in like basically right outside of Tulum. So basically like in the same area that I had my bachelorette, it suddenly got switched. And I don't, if you know Mexico, like Cabo and Tulum are on opposite sides of the country. Cabo's on the West Coast and Tulum's on the East Coast. And so our honeymoon hotel and honeymoon location got switched two weeks before. 
So that was like super, just like an unexpected thing where it's like, okay, at that point, you just kind of have to surrender and let it go. But I think everything happens for a reason. And it was so beautiful to explore that area and be at this hotel with Paxson. We had like five or six days at this all-inclusive resort that was so beautiful by the Caribbean Sea where it's warm and you can swim. And we saw on our first night of the honeymoon, we saw a baby turtle that like we led to the ocean and then on the last night of the honeymoon we saw these like huge mother turtles coming out of the ocean to lay their eggs and turtles were just a really big sign for me leading up to the wedding and the wedding weekend and after the wedding so I'm like holding that as my animal spirit medicine for that time and so that was just really beautiful and yeah it was so nice to just relax after such a stressful time and Oh, and then another thing I remember that was like super stressful was that my passport was expiring in October. So like for a lot of countries, they won't let you into the country if your passport has like three months until it expires, just for whatever reason, like just in case you get stuck there and your passport expires. And so I was really stressed about renewing my passport because I didn't have an like passport times at that time because like everyone was wanting to travel post-pandemic the passport wait times were like super long and so I felt like if I had sent in my passport I wouldn't get get it back in time for the honeymoon so I remember I was like just playing this waiting game of like what if they don't let me on the plane to go to Mexico and then I miss my honeymoon and it's like if it was a regular trip I wouldn't care but it's my honeymoon and like what if I don't get to go on my honeymoon so just like so much stress and so so many little things like you don't even think about like oh renewing your passport on time and I probably should have done that a year prior so I didn't have to worry about it but it was fine I was able to get in and out of Mexico and then I renewed my passport so it was all fine okay so that was July and we went on our honeymoon and I also then like felt this surge in creative energy and just like was so glad to be done with the wedding like you you can I cannot even describe the sense of relief that I felt to feel that like weight off my shoulders to be done with the wedding to be done with the wedding planning and to like just to have had this thing that was like the central point of my life for like a year and then for it to just to be over and like now I just get to live my life and the best part about all of this was that like now I'm married to and I got to marry my best friend and like now we just get to be married for the rest of our lives so that I remember July and August was just like a really sweet time because I was feeling so much better so much relief and I was feeling really excited to get back to some of the creative projects that I had had to neglect while I was focusing on the wedding and so during that time I created the creative soul practice which is now available for you to listen to and download you can do that in the link in the show notes it's $44 for seven days of writing meditations and this was something that I had wanted to create since like 2021 and so I finally felt like now is the time to create it So I remember that summer I created the Creative Soul Practice and Paxton and I also volunteered at a local flower farm where we got to spend a couple mornings like in the garden weeding and getting to take home beautiful flowers and I was just feeling so connected to the land and to nature and just I love summertime because there's so many like local veggies and produce that you can eat and you can just eat really locally and so I love that and we also I remember we went berry picking We went like raspberry and strawberry picking at a local farm here and I was just loving it. And then in August, we were getting ready to move to DC 
because Paxton, part of his school, like the reason we're in Michigan is because he's going to school here. And his school has a program where they do a semester in DC and you do an internship. And so Paxton ended up interning for Congress in DC. And we moved to this apartment in the middle of Capitol Hill in DC. So literally, we lived like a couple blocks away from the Supreme Court, from the Capitol, and we spent four months in DC. So in August, in August, we like prepared to leave our home for four months. We kept our place here and we first drove to upstate New York where we attended my stepbrother's funeral because my stepbrother, who I, I had only met maybe once in my life when I was really young because I was mostly estranged from my father during that time. So the woman that he married, she has two sons and one of them died this year from a fentanyl overdose. And his funeral was in August. And even though I hadn't really met him, I felt like it was important for me to show up for family. So I went to that funeral and that was really important, I think, for me in just reconnecting with my father and, yeah, showing up for him in that way. I mean, he showed up for my wedding. He played piano while I was walking down the aisle because I didn't feel comfortable with him walking me down the aisle since I was estranged for him from a large part of my life. But... Yeah, it felt like it was like this year there was a big reconnection to my relation to the masculine and how I view the masculine in my life. And I think I was just going through a lot of processing around my father, my father's lineage. I was really close to my grandma, my 98-year-old grandma, because when we were living in D.C., she lives right outside of D.C. So I got to see her like once a week. And I have a really, really sweet connection with my grandmother, who is my father's mother. And I've always had a sweet connection with her. And she's 98, almost 99. She'll turn 99 in March. And yeah, there was just a lot, a lot of deep ancestral stuff there with my father's lineage. So in August, we went to that funeral. Then we also went to, we have like a beach week vacation with my family. My sister, Sarah, who has two boys, my nephews, she puts together like this beach week at this place in New Jersey called Stone Harbor, which is a beach that my grandparents would take us to. And I, I grew up spending summers in New Jersey. We would always go for a week. And I grew up in Pennsylvania. So like going to the beach was like one of those highlights. I think if you're on the East Coast, you can relate to that because you don't get to go to the beach unless during the summer because either the wet, the weather or you don't live near the beach. So we went for our annual beach week in Stone Harbor, which was really special. And then we moved to D.C. And like I said, we moved to the middle of Capitol Hill. And that was just such a it's just such a funny when I'm like reflecting on this year, I'm like, what a funny contrast that my soul wanted to experience because I go from living in the middle of nowhere in Michigan, which I moved to in the beginning of 2022. And that was such a hard transition for me to, you know, just move to the middle of the Midwest, a place that I had never really been. But I just spent this like whole year and a half living in the middle of nowhere in Michigan to then living in the middle of a city again and living in Capitol Hill, like not only in the middle of a city, but living in like our nation's capital, which is just such a different energy. And just to experience that contrast is so interesting. So yeah, I spent August and September just like enjoying DC, going to all these different museums because all the museums there are free. So I remember I was exploring a bunch of museums and I got to spend a lot of time with people that I love, which is really nice because in Michigan, I don't live anywhere near, like, you know, no one I know lives here. So I spent a lot of 2022 feeling very isolated, not having community around me. 
But in D.C., I got to really experience community again. And my little sister lives there, so I got to reconnect with her a lot. Like I said, my aunt and my uncle and my grandma live there. So I got to spend so much time with my grandma, which I am so grateful for. Like, to be able to spend time with your 98-year-old grandma, I do not take that for granted at all because I know how special that is and I know so many people don't get that opportunity. So I was so, so, so grateful to be able to spend time with her and just learned a lot about her life and yeah, like the the things that she's still holding on to at age 98 and a lot of the things that she hasn't worked through And I just feel like this chapter, the four months that we lived in D.C., was very connected on ancestral healing. Um, She has a difficult relationship with her father, so it's interesting to see how that kind of passed down with my father, her son. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time with her and just going to dinners, you know, going to dinners at her house. And my sister came to visit. Another one of my sisters came to visit. I had some friends visit in D.C., so it was just beautiful to be able to be in community and be close to everything. And I also, you know, reconnected with my love of yoga because I haven't really been practicing yoga as frequently. If you don't know this, in I've been studying and practicing yoga since I was at the age of 14. I even went to India and did my yoga teacher training in India. And yoga has always been a big part of my practice. But in the past couple of years, I felt really disconnected from it. I think just because of the pandemic and not being able to go to in-person classes anymore. And then moving to Michigan, where there are no yoga studios nearby, which is truly a tragedy for me. But being in DC, being connected to a yoga studio, like helped me so much and just being connected to my body in that way. And going to a class in a studio that I really loved was so important for me. So thank you, Yoga District. If you are in DC, I found Yoga District and it was a really beautiful studio to practice at. So I was reconnecting with my body and Yeah, September and August were just really sweet. And then in October, a couple of things happened. One is that I I did a podcast episode about this where I talk a lot about ancestral healing, but you know, because I had been doing all this work of connecting to the ancestors on my father's side, I was feeling really this gap in my knowledge about my mother's side, because my mother is from Russia. And I've never been to Russia, I don't have I don't speak the language. And so I feel really disconnected from that side. But a beautiful surprise happened where my grandmother, who lives in Russia still, she sent a box of photos to my mother of photos of ancestors. So photos of my grandmothers, my great grandmothers, my great great grandmothers. And I got like all this treasure trove of information about my Russian side of the family. And in that, I discovered that one of my ancestors, her name is Anna. She's from Siberia and she like is from an indigenous population in Siberia. And the craziest thing happened where as soon as I received this, you know, as soon as my mother received this box and was sending me photos of everything that was in there, I went to get a massage with my friend and one of the the receptionist was half Siberian. And I'm like, when do I ever meet people from Siberia? I mean, I can honestly say never in my life have I ever met someone from Siberia until this moment. And so it felt like a true ancestral connection, a reminder that like our ancestors are seeking us just as much as we are seeking them. So That was really beautiful. And then in October, I flew to California and spent a couple days in San Diego hanging out with some friends. And then we put on the Sister Soul Retreat in San Diego, which was something that I 
thought of during my honeymoon because I had, you know, realized like how important it is to spend time with friends and women that I love. And I wanted to create like a soul retreat with some of my closest friends. And we did that. We like put on this three-day retreat where we rented this beautiful Airbnb in San Diego. And I did a whole episode, my my solo episode on body, love, and self-acceptance. I talk about that retreat and I talk about this photo shoot experience that I had on that retreat. But we did that retreat in San Diego and that was just so beautiful to not only reconnect to California because California is a place that I've lived for 10 years. And so I have a lot of memories and experiences um, in California because I went to all of high school in Northern California and then I went to college in Southern California. So I have like two chapters of my life where I experienced California and these like formative years of my life. So it was really nice just to connect with California, to connect with friends and to be in community at this retreat where it was so beautiful to connect. We all taught each other different workshops. And so I taught my poetry of plant magic workshop, which was connecting to the plants through writing. And it's the course that I'm going to teach in 2024. So writing course. And that was so beautiful to share with my friends. And then one of my friends taught a chocolate making workshop. We did a cacao ceremony. We did energy healing sessions. Like it was, it was just really beautiful because we like all of my friends have such beautiful and deep spiritual gifts. And so we were able to just share our gifts with each other. And that was really the intention of the retreat. And it was so beautiful that now two of the girls who was on that retreat, Ashley and Shannon, we are planning our very own retreat in April of 2024. So we are going to be leading a self-love and sisterhood focused retreat in 2024 in April in San Diego. We'll be taking on eight retreat attendees and we'll be teaching workshops on poetry and plans and ancestral healing and human design and doing photo shoots and really just gathering in community and gathering with a group of women and making lifelong lasting friendships because that is the experience that I've had with retreats and we all have had with retreats and so I felt called for a very long time to lead my own and so I'm going to be starting 2024 with planning that retreat we're all we've already been planning it we're going to launch it in just a, about a week so actually if you're listening to this we'll launch it in about a week And I'm also going to share a podcast episode where I will have Ashley and Shannon on and we're going to talk all about the retreat. So you'll get to hear more about it, but I'm really excited for that retreat. And then another retreat that I'm going to be leading in 2024 is in Michigan. I'm going to be leading like an herbalism focused retreat where it'll be very nature inspired. We'll take foraging walks. We'll learn how to make medicines from plants. We'll learn how to connect with the plants. We'll also do a lot of creative writing. So it'll be a beautiful time, but more on that to come later. But yeah, so that was October. So I was like traveling and then returning to DC. And then in November, I was, I actually went to Florida for a week to pet sit for my mother-in-law because they had asked me a year prior if I could pet sit during this week in November. And I thought that I was going to be in Michigan. Like at that point, I didn't know that I was going to be in DC during that time. Because if I had known that I was going to be in D.C., which like we were only in D.C. for four months, so it was it felt really short and I wanted to be there as much as I could. Like I didn't want to travel during that time because I really wanted to just be where my feet were. So I, I almost like regret going on that trip to Florida because it really just took me out of my routine while I was in D.C. and took me away from D.C., but because I had already committed to it, I did it. And plus, it was something nice that I could do for my mother-in-law. 
So I went to my mother-in-law's house and pet sit their dogs and their cats. And I'm just, I need to work. There's something with me and animals, like specifically pets, that I like, I have some like bad experiences with dogs from my childhood. So like, I don't love dogs and I do like cats, but I'm, I developed an adult allergy to cats. So I'm super allergic to cats. So like the whole time I was like basically sick because of my allergies. And my friend did tell me there's a trick where you can take, if you take 2000 milligrams of vitamin C, it does help a lot. So I was doing that and that did help. But yeah, I spent a week in Florida and then, you know, Paxton and I were still like exploring DC. We went to a couple places in DC, just knowing that our time there was coming to an end. And we also had Thanksgiving with my family. My aunt and uncle hosted it who live in Virginia. And my sister came, my brother came, my nephews came. So that was just a really beautiful family time celebrating Thanksgiving and yeah, being there with everyone. And then December, the final month, this is the last day of December that I'm recording this. But then yeah, December, it was still like wrapping up our time in DC. We moved out of our DC place on December 16th. So the last couple weeks, I was just visiting all of the favorite spots that I cultivated in the last couple months. I'll name some of those here in case you are uh, going to visit DC, but Tate is one of my favorite places in the world. It's a beautiful like Israeli bakery and it's so delicious. So Tate, Zaytinya is in a really amazing like Middle Eastern Lebanese restaurant in DC. And I just fell in love with a lot of places around Capitol Hill. There was this place called Bullfrog Bagels that had amazing bagels. There was this place called La Casina that had like Roman they call it pinza. It's like not pizza, it's pinza. But it's basically like the best pizza that I've ever had that's like straight from Rome and it tasted like you were transported to Rome. There was also this Italian cafe called Radici in Capitol Hill, which is all near Eastern Market, if you know anything about DC. But we just really frequented a lot of those spots. So the last couple of weeks of December, we were just focusing on enjoying our last couple of weeks. Then we had to move out of our house, of our apartment in on December 16th. And then we spent a couple of days with my aunt and uncle and my grandma. And then we went up to New Jersey to celebrate Christmas with my sister, Sarah, who also has my two nephews. And my birthday is 1221. And then my youngest nephew, Skylar, his birthday is 1225 on Christmas Day. And then my other nephew, Luca, his birthday is 1227. So now we're like the December Christmas babies. So it's always a big celebration just to celebrate my birthday and then Christmas and Skylar's birthday and then Luca's birthday. So we got to spend a week with them and have some really nice family time. And then we drove back to Michigan after not being here in four months. And we came back to our apartment and Paxton and I have spent the last couple days cleaning and organizing and getting rid of things. And that has felt really good to just kind of clear out our space and take care of our space in preparation for the new year for 2024. So, wow. (laughs) Thank you if you've listened this far to me processing and rambling on about 2023. What a freaking year. Like I said, I think it's a year that I will remember. I know that it's a year that I'll remember for the rest of my life because of the big event, because of the wedding. And I also know that a lot of the behind the scenes things that I didn't even touch on in this episode, but a lot of the family relationships that shifted and changed, the conversations that I had with different family members surrounding, you know, stuff that came up because of the wedding. 
I know that this will continue to evolve in the next couple of years. And I feel like it'll just be one of those things that unfold and that the lessons that I, I have learned from this year will continue and I'll continue to understand them more deeply because I do feel like the transformation that took place from from you know going from that transition of maiden to bride and this is something that the conscious bride talks about again I'll plug that book by Cheryl Paul which was a really amazing book again she also wrote the wisdom of anxiety which also helped me a lot with a lot of the anxiety and the panic attacks that I was experiencing this year but with that change, you know, becomes a new identity. You become a different person. You let go of old things and you start a new life with your new family. And so a big like identity, I think a big thing this that's been present this year has been identity and this focus on like, who am I? And even what's my name? Because with the wedding, you know, it's it's traditional for you to take your husband's last name. And I really struggled with this pre-wedding where like that was one of the last things that I was thinking about of like wait now I have to change my name and like change all of my documents like that's not something I even want to think about right now so I have not changed my name yet and I'm still exploring like what I want my name to be because I love my name Leia Van Doren and I almost don't want to change it but when we do have kids I don't want to have a different last name than them so I am exploring different things of like Maybe I'll be Leia Van Doren Henderson or maybe I'll be Leia Henderson. And just a lot of stuff has come up around my name because even the spelling of my name, I spell it L-E-Y-A, but actually my birth name is spelled L-E-A-H and it's still pronounced Leia. And if you go to Israel, they will know to pronounce it Leia because in the States they pronounce it Leah, but it is pronounced Leia. It's the Hebrew way. It's a name from the Old Testament. But I remember when I was like 10 years old, I decided to change the spelling of my name because I was so tired of people calling me Leah and I wanted to be called by my name, Leah. So I changed the spelling of my name on my own to L-E-Y-A and it's, I didn't do it legally. So legally my name is spelled, still spelled L-E-A-H. But like I'm in this sort of identity crisis about my name because now my name, like I don't know what my name is because I'm like, okay, well... Leia, L-E-Y-A, is not even my real name. I've adopted it as my name. And I was doing a lot of like interesting healing this year where I realized that the birth spelling of my name, L-E-A-H, actually spells heal. Like if you if you change up the letters, like it then can spell heal. And that felt really important and meaningful to me. But then my last name, it's like, yeah, I'm carrying on my father's lineage or am I carrying on Paxson's lineage where Paxson's name comes from his adopted dad. So it's just a lot of questions about family and identity and name and these things that almost seem like insignificant on the surface, but have a really much deeper meaning and much deeper significance, like deep beneath it, which I think is how I would describe a lot of the stuff that comes up this year. So yeah, dealing with identity and... Yeah, just kind of figuring out like my new self of where like I don't operate anymore out of my childhood conditioning where I just go along with the flow and everything's cool. It's like, no, I have a voice. I have opinions. I have thoughts. I have beliefs and I have boundaries and I'm able to use that. So as far as 2024 goes, I'm feeling just really excited about this year, actually. And I'm feeling like in the collective that after such a hard couple years, I mean, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, it's just been hard, I think, for the collective on so many different reasons, the pandemic, now these global wars that are happening, you know, the earth and our relationship to the earth and people really shifting and changing. And I know we're just going through a big transformation collectively. So I do have 
good feelings about 2024. And I'm hoping that I'm able to do these retreats in 2024, both the self-love and sisterhood retreat in April in San Diego, and then the herbalism focus retreat in Michigan in the summertime. And then I'm also doing an herbalism training that will be in Michigan all of 2024. It's like a nine month training that I actually was supposed to do in 2023, but then because of the wedding and the move to DC, it just wasn't the right time. So I'm going to be taking that this year. And I'm excited to just deepen my knowledge with the plants, deepen my connection with ancestors, and deepen my connection with my husband, with my family, with my friendships, and deepen my connection with myself and my creativity and my body and really focus on telling my story and writing my stories because that's something that, you know, I write a lot, I journal a lot, but I think it's really time to start putting my actual story, you know, from pen to paper and just having that be another way of processing the metabolizing of sharing and healing. So all the things that I love will be in 2024. And I don't even know, I think that if I if I was able to choose a word for 2024, just in this moment, I haven't given it too much thought. I think I would choose peace and presence, peace and presence. And, you know, I even did that episode last week about my birthday and how I just wanted to receive presents for my birthday. And I think that's what I'm really focusing on this year, just peace and presence and gratitude for the life that I get to live every day. So if you've made it this far, I love you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for being here for the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm excited to continue to share amazing conversations about creativity, about spirituality, about all that it is to live a creatively inspired life and to really walk each other back home. It's like that quote by Ram Dass where we are all walking each other back home. And so I hope that my experiences can help you understand some more about yourself, that I can be that mirror for you, and that you are just, wherever you are in the world, that you are celebrating everything you have accomplished for the last year and know that there's no rush, there's no place that you have to get to, there's no person that you have to be. The the more that you can sink into the magic of the present and the magic of who you are right now, the more that we can accept and release and move on in this life and know that everything is unfolding in this great mystery of life. And we might not have all the answers or we might not even have the questions yet. You know, we might find ourselves in a place of really deeply questioning and not knowing the answers, or we might be in a place where we don't even have the questions yet. And wherever you are, it's exactly right. And it's exactly where you are meant to be. And so I feel that so deeply and I'm so grateful for you on the other side, listening and receiving this presence and this magic and this medicine. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I love you so much. If you are so inspired to rate and review the podcast, please do so. It just takes about three seconds. You can do that either on Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just take a few moments to share what you loved about this episode, share what you love about the podcast. And if you have any suggestions for me for 2024 of things that you want to hear from the podcast, maybe guests that you want to listen to, or any suggestions that you have, I am all ears and all open for feedback. You can always send me a message on Instagram at Doren, or you could email me Doren at gmail.com and send me your thoughts and suggestions. I, I really... You know, as I continue to get older, the only answer that comes back to me again and again is how important community is and how important 
our people and our relationships and our connections are. That's truly the only thing that matters, <laughs> truly. So I'm really excited about creating deeper community with you in the next year. And we can only do that if, you know, we create a two-way street. So I'm all ears to hear from you. And I hope to see you soon at, you know, an in-person gathering or at one of our retreats this year. But I'm just so blessed to be able to share. So I love you so much. And I'm wishing you a beautiful first week of 2024 and a beautiful year ahead. See you soon.